Hello, Katie Marquette here, just popping on really quick before uh, this episode. I'm actually re-airing an episode today from last year that uh, came out around the winter solstice, and we are still a few weeks away from that, but it has gotten very, very cold and very, very dark. So uh, as I was doing the barn last night and expecting it to go uh, below 20 degrees, I was thinking about this episode um, and about the importance of wintering and uh, hibernation basically and embracing uh, the darkness Um, and especially since this week is Thanksgiving and sort of the start of the marathon season that is the holidays it can be so hard but so vital to carve out those times of quiet and introspection and I think that's actually what our bodies and our souls are craving this time of year is is quiet and candlelight and um more of an interior life even as the outside world is sort of blasting through that with um holiday parties and lights everywhere and um family gatherings across the country and um these big 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 events all the time um these things can be wonderful but i think we do need to to balance that and uh and also if you're feeling um maybe a little resistant to those things i think it's normal i think it's actually that's sort of the more natural state uh, that we're being called to this time of year. So that's what this episode is about. And I hope it can inspire you as you, um, you know, are probably quite busy this week uh, with Thanksgiving preparations, everything like that. I hope you have a beautiful Thanksgiving. um, And uh, I'm very thankful for each of you for for listening and supporting the podcast. It means so much to me. So I'm just going to let this uh, podcast play out. But I did want to just, um, you know, say happy Thanksgiving and thank you again for listening. Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. Plants and animals don't fight the winter. They don't pretend it's not happening and attempt to carry on living the same lives that they lived in the summer. They prepare, they adapt, they perform extraordinary acts of metamorphosis to get them through. Winter is a time of withdrawing from the world, maximizing scant resources, carrying out acts of brutal efficiency and vanishing from sight. But that's where the transformation occurs. Winter is not the death of the life cycle, but it's crucible. Catherine May In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Gospel of John
Hello and welcome to Born of Wonder. On this podcast, we explore everything and anything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. And this is going to be our last episode of season two. I've been your host, Katie Marquette, and I've had so much fun doing this season. I've been able to do way more episodes than I thought I would be able to do with a new baby. And I'm so grateful to my husband and my baby for occasionally sleeping, uh, for making this possible uh, to continue to have these interesting conversations and keep reading and researching and um, finding uh, wonderful things in the world to focus on, especially now when I know anxieties are high about a lot of things and the holidays, as wonderful as they are, can also be anxiety-inducing, um, can actually be dark times for some people. I'm very conscious of that, and I want to leave you uh, just with a short episode here. I'm looking out the window right now, and I can see the moon. Um, it's not full uh, anymore. It was a few days ago, and actually it has a specific name. Um, this full moon in December is called the Cold Moon. And uh, right now uh, I'm recording this the night before the winter solstice, December 21st, when this episode will air the darkest day of the year in, uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. So uh, we are all preparing, huddling down um, in the darkness, waiting for, for that light that won't go out, waiting for Christmas. Uh, this is um, an amazing opportunity actually uh, to, to really dive into the darkness, to embrace it. And also, um, I know that we have New Year's coming up, but somehow it's going to be 2022. I don't know where 2021 le- went, much less 2020, but we're we're going into 2022. Um, but really, right now, the winter solstice, this is the turning of the year. This is, this is uh, a chance if you don't want to wait until New Year's Day. Right now is a good opportunity. Uh, for reflection and uh, and to think of as a fresh start because um, as of tomorrow, as of December 22nd, um, the the days will be slowly getting longer. This is the shifting point of the year. This is this is uh, is the end of 2021 in a lot of ways. The sun is going to be coming up, changing position for a whole new uh, new new year. So um, I hope that this moment can be be inspiring and introspective and all those good things that uh, that. New Year's as it's be- at its best uh, can uh, can leave you with so. But today on this episode, on this last episode of season two, I just wanted to have um, just a short meditation uh, on the winter solstice, on this darkest day of the year, about the idea of embracing the darkness, of not being so afraid of it. So that first quote I read was from a, uh, a, a book that was, I, I believe it came out in 2020, uh, actually ended up being really good timing for her, a book called Wintering by Catherine May. And I learned about it when I heard a great interview with her on the podcast On Being, hosted by Krista Tippett. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Um, but it's just a really um, thoughtful, uh, very readable, quick read Um book about the idea that that these these moments of wintering in our lives um whether it's during a time of actual winter of you know right now in the coldest darkest part of the year or or a sort of philosophical emotional winter a hard time in our life a time of maybe turning away from some things a time of intro- introspection sadness or hardship that instead of just trying to plow through them all the time or find the tidy solution, that sometimes it can be um, worthwhile to just sort of lean into those moments, to embrace them as part of life, and to recognize that life is very cyclical. Uh, I remind myself of this all the time with the baby. 
Joe turns nine months old on Christmas Eve, and there were times when I thought she would never sleep. (laughs) Um, When her naps were just so disastrous, I was so tired. Um, And last night, she decided to wake up for two and a half hours to practice standing and crawling, and I was so tired this morning. (laughs) And there have been many moments, um, you know, that, that I've just been uh, wondering how, how long this will go on, you know, teething, some sort of really tough moment. And then when I look back, I realize it really wasn't even that long that we were experiencing these difficult patches. But in the moment, it really feels like you're going, you're like, this is going to be forever. Uh, this is really hard. But you realize that everything, uh, everything really is cyclical. Nothing lasts forever. Uh, this is just a moment and and it's okay to have hard moments. It's okay to have sad moments. I know I struggle with this. I'm always looking for the practical solution. And if I have complicated feelings about something or sad feelings about something, I just want to brush them under the rug and find sort of the, the uh, practical I'm using that word a lot. I guess I really value practicality, but the practical solution, I'm, I'm not do, I'm not uh, really very good at sort of leaning into the more difficult emotions. But I think that just being, uh, when people talk about being in the moment, that is really what it means. And sometimes that moment can be a hard moment. Uh, I'm going to read a longer quote here from that book from Wintering. Uh, she, she has some, some really, I think, profound thoughts on this idea. To get better at wintering, we need to address our very notion of time. We tend to imagine that our lives are linear, but they are in fact cyclical. I would not, of course, seek to deny that we gradually grow older, but while doing so, we pass through phases of good health and ill, of optimism and deep doubt, of freedom and constraint. There are times when everything seems easy and times when it all seems impossibly hard. To make that manageable, we just have to remember that our present will one day become a past and our future will be our present. We know that because it's happened before. The things we put behind us will often come around again. Each time we endure the cycle, we ratchet up a notch. We learn from the last time around and we do a few things better this time. We develop tricks of the mind to see us through. This is how progress is made. In the meantime, we can only deal with what's in front of us at this moment in time. We take, the ne- we take the next necessary action and the next. At some point along the line, that next action will feel joyful again. So I think that this this idea of, again, just leaning into the present moment, accepting it, uh, because you know that that things change. We know this from experience. If we all think back to particularly difficult moments in our life, we know that time does go on, uh, that, that this too shall pass. And uh, while that can feel impossibly cliche uh, during during difficult times, I think that reminding ourselves of this, reminding ourselves of this uh, on this darkest day of the year, at this turning point of the year, uh, when maybe some people are feeling emotionally dark or, or having, having a hard time, um, or even uh, even if it's a joyful time to sort of recognize that uh, that that everything everything comes around again that that sort of uh, it, it can it can make us feel a little unsteady I guess to think that that nothing really stays the same but um, it can also be um, reassuring as well I think during those those difficult moments here we are at the darkest day but we know that the sun is going to just start creeping 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 and before we know it it'll be the summer solstice it'll be the longest day of the year I will be 
complaining about the heat because I do every year <laughs> and some things never change. So the, the, the year goes on. These sort of rhythms uh, that the earth offers us, that nature offers us, can, can be a wonderful lesson for us in our, um, in our, emotional, uh, in our emotional lives, I think, as well. So this concept of the dark night, of course, is uh, is also a theological concept, most famously associated with St. John of the Cross uh, and his poem, uh, Dark Night of the Soul, which has come to mean uh, a period of wrestling, of doubt, of not hearing God's voice, of, of, feeling, of feeling alone or depressed. Um, and and that that can be a very real reality for people right we know now that from her journals that mother teresa experienced almost 40 years of just feeling isolated of hearing nothing from god of just having to trust in her initial uh visions and prayers and uh knowing she was doing the right thing but she felt immense sadness and isolation so uh, this dark night of the soul and a lot of mystics um, of many faith traditions will sort of talk about uh this this dark night where the soul sort of has to lose attachments is is often what they're talking about but um sort of colloquially and theologically we've come to use this term dark night of the soul to mean a period of a special a special doubt or uh, or struggling um, so i'm just going to read um the first few lines here of saint john of the cross's poem uh, it was untitled but has since been given the name dark night of the soul and i will put a link to the full poem in the show notes so you can uh, read read the read the full poem on a dark night kindled in love with yearnings oh happy chance i went forth without being observed my house being now at rest in darkness and secure by the secret ladder disguised oh happy chance in darkness and in concealment my house being now at rest in the happy night in secret when none saw me nor i beheld aught without light or guide save that which burned in my heart this light guided me more surely than the light of noonday to the place where he well i knew who was awaiting me a place where none appeared so again, another, uh, just a concept here for us to meditate on, uh, this idea of wintering, this idea of the dark night of the soul, uh, just again, leaning into these things, um, embracing them as a, as a natural cyclical part of life and of faith and of um, just, just being a human person uh, in this world. I think that we want to tidy things up uh, all the time. Uh, we, we're always looking for the light, right? Um, but. I think that there is a moment and uh, a beauty to embracing the darkness as well, embracing the cold, waiting it out, preparing, um, and uh, and and allowing ourselves to go inward. And I'll end just sort of these meditations here, uh, our solstice meditations, uh, with with one more quote from Catherine May, uh, just to wrap this up, and then I have a few recommendations for you. If happiness is a skill, then sadness is too. Perhaps through all those years at school, or perhaps through other terrors, we are taught to ignore sadness, to stuff it down into our satchels and pretend it isn't there. As adults, we often have to learn to hear the clarity of its call. That is wintering. It is the active acceptance of sadness. It is the practice of allowing ourselves to feel it as a need. It is the courage to stare down the worst parts of our experience and to commit to healing them the best we can. Wintering is a moment of intuition. Our true needs felt keenly as a knife.
So I just wanted to leave you with a few recommendations. Uh, maybe you've heard of this. This sounds like an amazing, amazing tradition. I'm not going to try to pronounce the Icelandic name here. I will put a link in the show notes about it. But um, apparently on Christmas Eve, there's a wonderful Icelandic tradition uh, called basically a book flood. And uh, this is apparently the biggest uh, book shopping day of the year. Uh, this this accounts for, for almost the whole year's book buying uh People in Iceland are apparently voracious readers. They're reading an average, I think, of like two or four books a month. Uh, and I think maybe Americans averaging are like four books a year. <sighs> Got to do better there. Um, but I love this idea. They give books on Christmas Eve and uh, the family will cuddle up. You know, they're all into those those cozy traditions that I love so much. Get some hot chocolate by the fire. The whole family each has their new book to read and they will read into the night. So I want to do this tradition. This sounds amazing. So again, this is an Icelandic tradition for Christmas Eve um, called the Book Flood. And I will put a link uh, where you can read more about that in the show notes. So that is a, a recommendation for you. Um, I wanted to also recommend a personal piece I did on the night. Uh, the, the Goethe Institute uh, has a, a podcast series called The Big Ponder, and they commissioned me to do a an episode uh, on the night. And it ended up being a really wonderful opportunity for me to reflect on new motherhood and my very changed relationship with the night. And as I'm sort of rocking the baby in the dark and all these sort of thoughts that come to mind and about myself and uh, life and what the dark means to me and what this child means to me. And uh, they gave me such creative freedom. I have to thank them so much for that. There's, it's very rare. Uh, opportunity to sort of have such freedom to create a piece like that. So I'm going to put a link to that. You can also just look up The Big Ponder um, wherever you listen to to your uh, podcasts and uh, look up the episode on the night. I, that's the one that I produce. So if I can do a little personal plug there, I would recommend uh, that episode. And lastly, I'm going to leave you, since I won't uh, be checking in until uh, until into 2022, I'm going to leave you with uh, the, the ending lines, the ending scene of what I consider to be a great New Year's movie, uh, which is When Harry Met Sally. Uh, Auld Lang Syne always makes me cry, but especially at New Year's, so we also get to hear that here. But I think this is a lovely moment. And anyway, it's about old friends. That's if you if you read the Robert Burns uh, text, uh, the original lyrics for Auld Lang Syne, that's sort of the conclusion you come to. You're like, I have no idea what he's talking about. But as uh, as Meg Ryan says, anyway, it's about old friends. So I wish you a very, very, very Merry Christmas, a beautiful start to 2022. And um, I can't wait for the next season. If there, uh, if you have ideas about who I should interview or topics you would like to cover, um, or just thoughts or feedback, please do get in touch. And again, please, if you have the time to leave a review it means so much to me, it would be a great Christmas present. Thank you so much for following along. Um, this has been such a fun project. So thank you so much. I'm Katie Marquette, and this is Born of Wonder. With all your thoughts, I love you still. It has I've been doing a lot of thinking, and the thing is, I love you. What? I love you. How do you expect me to respond to this? How about you love me too? How about I'm leaving? Doesn't what I said mean anything to you? I'm sorry, Harry. I know it's New Year's Eve. I know you're feeling lonely, but you just can't show up here, tell me you love me, and expect that to make everything all right. It doesn't work this way. Well, how does it work? 
I don't know, but not this way. How about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely, and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. You see? That is just like you, Harry. You say things like that, and you make it impossible for me to hate you. And I hate you, Harry. What does this song mean? My whole life, I don't know what this song means. I mean, should old acquaintance be forgot? Does that mean that we should forget old acquaintances? It doesn't mean that if we happen to forget them, we should remember them, which is not possible because we already forgot them. Well, maybe it just means that we should remember that we forgot them or something. <laughs> anyway, it's about old friends. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. <laughs>